Well, hello there, and welcome to Ask Alley, your place for life advice with a metaphysical twist. Today is Monday, August 1st, 2016. I want to thank you for tuning in and giving me a listen to. If you'd like to support me and the Ask Alley podcast on Patreon, that information to do so is in the show's notes. I'm still working on Gypsy Girl Press, guys. It's going to be, it's just going to be longer than I ever wanted it to be, but <laughs> it's, it's coming along. Don't forget, uh, August 31st, the end of this month, is my cutoff for doing readings for everybody forever. I do not plan to do any more readings in the near future, for years, upon years to come. So, we have until August 31st. You can find the readings I have at the com site under Soul Readings. Well, I took my driving test, my CDL bus test on Saturday. And let me tell you, I was so incredibly terrified to go. My anxiety was so off the charts. I didn't sleep Friday night. I really couldn't eat anything. I just, I was praying that that something uh, like a lightning bolt would strike the testing agency. Not hurt anybody, but, you know, shut it down for the day so we could reschedule. We get a flat tire. Uh, there's an accident blocking blocking the, the expressway without anybody getting hurt. I was just trying to think of things. And I went, and I took it, and I passed. I was very surprised. <laughs> Um, once I got through the, you have to do what's called a pre-check. Once I did a 30-minute pre-check and I did my two skills tests so with backing in and, and whatnot. Once I passed those two, those three things, I knew I was fine. It was the skills test is where my fear was at because I kept messing them up left and right. Oh, my God. During all the practices I did, I couldn't get it. Uh... And the easiest one, the easiest uh, skill test, you, you, you drive the bus straight up through some cones, you back up straight back through those same cones, and then you pull it up again through those same cones and stop, and then you back the bus into the um, other set of cones next to it. So, you know, backing it into either the left or to the right. And that is supposed to be the easiest one for everyone, and I... I couldn't get it. I During practices, I couldn't get it. Nobody could understand what the hell my problem was. I couldn't understand what the hell my problem was. So I get to the test, and I did it beautifully. <laughs> I didn't have an ounce of problems. And I also had to do what's called an alley dock, where the, the bus is... is uh, bus on the road, like when you see a, a semi pulling into a store to drop off uh, a load or pick something up alley dock. Or say, you know, you're, you're, you got the bus on the street and you got to back it into an alley. There you go. Alley dock. Um, during practice, I zoom those things in. Zoom, zoom, zoom. So I get to the, the test and what do I do? I screw up once. Not that, not that bad, but enough. Screw up twice. And I am yelling at myself in this bus. Those people out there must have been cracking up because I'm like, what the blankety blank is wrong with you? You could get this flat. This was the the easiest thing in the world for you. But I finally did, obviously, persevere and got it. Um, I came home after, afterwards and I decided, you know, true to form, party like it's 1999. I had my salsa and my chips and my beer. And then I cracked the tooth. 
<laughs> so, so until I can get to my dentist this week, I put a call into them, but I'm waiting here back. Until I can get to them, I'm in pain. <laughs> and that sucks. So I survived the test, and then I get to put get put into pain. So that's been my, well, my week since I talked to you last. Uh, yeah. So with that said, let's go to the tarot overview of the week. Now, as you know, I use a Native Spirit deck by Denise Lynn. I shuffle it. I draw three cards. I play the theme to Downton Abbey. You guys think, oh, card one, uh, card two, or card three. Pick one, two, or three. And that is your energy overview for the week. All right? Okay, the cards are shuffled. They're laid out. And let's put on some Downton Abbey while you pick. What'd you guys pick? Card one, card two, or card three? You got one? All right. I picked card three for myself. So if you picked card one, uh, you picked Ancient Forest. Now, the Ancient Forest is all about your roots going deep. Incredible, radiant healing strength is available to you and grows within you. Do not doubt your abilities. You are so much more than you can possibly imagine. There's immense, unseen, but very real support around you. You are loved and cherished. Cherished. You are grounded, stable, and so strong that your spirit reaches high into the heavens. Now, I have to chuckle some doing this because Zena, hello, Zena. You want to say hi to everybody? Guess not. She is insistent on being on my lap, and her little claws are going right through my shorts. Hurts, kiddo. Okay, so that's Ancient Forest. If you picked number two, Xena, you picked owl medicine. You know, like an owl, hoo-hoo. Uh, wisdom, illumination, intuition, clairvoyance, and deep insight abound. Go within. Profound majesty and grace is available to you simply by pulling your awareness inward. Ancient knowledge is emerging within you. You know the truth. Trust your perception. You are a truth seeker and truth sharer. Nurture the feminine spirit within you. Okay, that's owl medicine. And if you picked number three, you have vision quest. Sacred seeker. Take time away from people in situations. Step back. Withdraw. Inner truth is emerging in stillness, but first you need to retreat. Know that you're guided. Look for your answers in different ways. The answers are around you. Watch for signs in the coming day. Trust that your life is being directed. Again, card one was Ancient Forest. Card two was Owl Medicine. And card three was Vision Quest. I will have a picture of all three of these cards up on outofbodyecstasy.com along with uh, the MP3 for this podcast. Woo! And now she gets off my lap. Thanks, Zena. Ah, thanks. Move. Now, did I tell you guys I had another cat outside? I'm sure I did. 
I'm sure I did. Charlie. Long hair black cat um, is a perfect blend of trouble and raisin. Two of my cats that died last year within days of each other. Um, trouble was long haired black cat. It had the most incredible purr. The most incredible. I, once he died, I thought I'd never hear it again. Well, Charlie is long haired black cat. And he has that same purr. I about fell over when I heard it. And then he's got... off oh, Zena. And then he's got the personality of Raisin. But what I find interesting... And I, I truly do believe that my animals come back. They keep... keep Darren hasn't come back yet. I like to know where the hell he's at. But um, I really do think Zena is... Uh, was Samantha... And I think Gimli was Indiana Jones. Um, my point was was there was there a point to this? Except for the fact that I do believe animals come back uh, lifetime after lifetime if they're not done with you yet. That was probably it. Anyways, let's move on. The topic, <laughs> before I forget what the heck that is. The topic this week is, are you allowing the problem to outweigh the solution? We as humans do this quite a bit. Think about it. Um, you stub your toe. You get pain. But as adults, <laughs> you know, it's like somebody stuck a fork in our toe. Um, we whine and we bitch and we moan and we groan and, and it's, it's <laughs> a lot of times people go over the top when all you need to do uh, for the solution for it not to hurt so much is just, you know, sit down for a little bit and the pain will subside. Um, when we have a problem and when we allow awareness for that problem and awareness towards the solution to be constricted, we get very agitated, frustrated, and we tend to argue with people. That's right. See, now she agrees with me. And people tend to argue with us. So it's important when we have a problem, and since we're human, we always have something going on. But when we have a problem, that we don't allow our awareness of what's going on in the present and the awareness of a solution to be constricted. We have to keep that awareness expanded. We have to let it expand, reach out, in order to adopt a better way. Once we find a better way of getting a solution to the problem, then our problem is usually solved, right? But before we can even do that, when we're faced with a problem, we have to believe that there is a solution to that problem. If we are faced with a huge problem and we have no solution, or we believe there's no solution, then we, we drop into a cycle of despair and of depression and of anxiety and pain and suffering immensely. So many people I know suffer because they have problems and they do not see a solution. None. Uh, with myself, here with the house, I knew I knew it, things were going to blow up here um, back in February. I just didn't know the when. I just It was inevitable. And so my solution was to search for a job. 
I had to feel there was a solution because back in February, if I did not feel there was a solution to the problem, it would have been very bad for me, would have been bad for my son and for all the animals. So when you're faced with a problem, you have to believe that there is a solution. If you dwell on a problem without envisioning some sort of solution, even if you don't know what the solution is, just that a solution is out there someplace, you will be stuck and you will sink in quicksand, or feel like you're sinking in quicksand. When you complain to others, and when I, I, I don't mean just getting stuff off your chest and then letting it go. I mean constantly complaining about the same things. When you do so, it constricts them. It constricts their energy, it constricts their awareness, it constricts their optimism. And they pull back from you. And what happens is they mirror your negative attitude. Your constant complaining makes people step back and mirror, they mirror your negative attitude to you. So when you're bitch, 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 people step back. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe they left me. And then you bitch some more to somebody else about the people who took a step back. And then the person you're bitching to about the people who took a step back because you're complaining about God knows what, that person then takes a step back. You're like, what the hell? I need all new friends. Right? What you need to do is you need to, we all need to vent. <laughs> we're human. We all have difficulties. It's important that we're all tolerant when people get things off their chest. Everybody needs to be unburdened. Everybody needs to unload. Okay. When people unload to you, say you're the person being unloaded to from somebody else, you want to encourage multiple solutions. You want to encourage the person to maybe seek out solutions from other people besides yourself. Now, I'm not talking about um, if you're getting paid to listen to somebody. If you're a therapist, a psychiatrist, even a psychic or a tarot reader, and somebody's unburning themselves to you, and you say, oh, go get the, the advice from five other tarot readers. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about encourage um, uh, the person to seek out solutions from other people they know they don't have to pay. Okay, when people like to come to aid, people do. People instinctively like to help, of course, unless you're Donald Trump. That's a whole different story. But for the most part, for the majority of humans, we like to be of service to others. We like to help. We like to come of aid. Make sure that when you are seeking out advice, that you're open to receiving solutions, and you do so without bias or judgment. Listen to as much as possible as each idea or suggestion reshapes the way the picture looks. Because again, as humans, we tend to, when we get a problem, we, we blow it up inside of our heads. Okay, whatever it is, Whatever it can be, and it can be as something as as um, horrible as getting some sort of health diagnosis or losing a job 
or um, losing her home. It can't be as devastating as that. Uh, or having a spouse die. Those are all very devastating. Don't, don't get me wrong. But we tend to take that, whatever that devastating thing is, and we compound it over and over and over again. So the problem that was within normal parameters now is catastrophic and reaches out you know, into the Milky Way galaxy. So when people are giving you solutions, you don't have to agree with them. You don't have to agree with the solutions. Allow them to give you the solutions. Contemplate them. And allow them to reshape the picture. Because even though you might not agree everything Jimmy, Jimmy John says over there, a fragment of it might spark an idea towards a workable solution. So allow it to come to you. Very rarely is the level of the problem the same level of the solution. For example, um, when my son was little, a baby, uh, that kid never slept, ever. Uh, never, <laughs> never. I got maybe an hour or two hours of sleep a night, and he wouldn't take naps. Ugh drove me insane. But he, of course, he would wake up in the middle of the night or be up in the middle of the night and he'd be crying and crying and crying. And uh, I drag myself out of bed. I go to the next room. And in my head, you know, I, I took myself out of bed of the nice warm bed and I'm dragging myself to the neighboring bedroom. And I've got all sorts of problems going through my head, right? Uh, problems for myself because I'm, um, I'm tired. And as I go in the bedroom, it's like, what? What's wrong with him? Is he sick? Did he hurt himself? You know, is there a spirit in the bedroom with him? Because in, in this house, it, it's entirely possible. And all these scenarios would go through my head. Even when I would, would get to it, when I get to the crib, which by then he usually has moved across the bedroom. Uh, and most of the time it was just as simple as picking him up. So in the 30 seconds it took me to get my tush out of bed and walk to the next bedroom, I have built up the problem that's going on with him crying to be pretty big. Because as a mom, I can run through a million scenarios between point A and point B. By the time I got to him, I'd pick him up. Usually he was hungry. But I'd pick him up and rock with him and give him a bottle. Solved. He wasn't crying anymore. It was a simple solution to a problem that I made a lot bigger than it really was. See where I'm going with this? Usually the level of the problem is not the level of the solution. Like the house. Foreclosure. It's like there are a gazillion things that came through my head about me, 12 animals, a child, and uh, 16 years of living here that go through my head, the thought of moving. It, it, that, it overwhelms me if I sit here and I dwell on it. But the solution, finding a job with a steady paycheck, is not as enormous as the problem of foreclosure if I let the problem of foreclosure get out of hand.
You see how it's weighing back and forth? I have uh, a guy who comes and mows my lawn. Uh, Kyle's very capable of mowing the lawn, as am I. But this guy, he's been, he's been down on his luck for years. Uh, he has had more cow crap <laughs> thrown at him than just about anybody I've ever met, ever. And I've known a lot of people. But he still gets up every day. He goes out and he does the best he can. And he asked me if, I, if he could mow. And he would mow Bob's yard when Bob was alive. He'd mow Bob's yard for free. Because Bob was in his mid-80s and there was no way he was going to let... Paul was not going to let him pay. So, he'd mow my lawn and I'd pay him, pay him per month. Um, because he needed the money more than I. I know he did. And he still does. Well, long story short, earlier last year... Uh, or late last year, um, he was accused of manufacturing meth in his bedroom at a boarding house. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he doesn't have... He, he just didn't. And he was set up. And uh, the problem of him... Oh, this is something bad, bad's about to happen over here. Ah, Sarah! No! Ah, no! She just threw up everywhere. <laughs> now, see, I could make this problem an enormity. Huh? I could, because she just made a heck of a mess. And she's throwing up again. Yes! Ugh. And it's just disgusting thinking about it. And I could make this an enormity. When all I'm going to have to do when I get done with this podcast is go get paper towels and clean it up. It's not that big of a deal. If it was my son, it would be like a, a nuclear holocaust. Because he just can't do, he can't do, can't throw up. But um, he was set up. And a lot of anxiety. And of course, the police didn't believe him because he has a very healthy record stemming from when he was a kid. And, um, but this he didn't do. And I know he didn't do it. And, uh... His his anxiety and his problems about what, I mean, these are felonies, about what was going to happen to him if he was found guilty. I mean, he just, he made it, uh, you know, the size of Jupiter. <laughs> he just made it enormous. And, you know, legal aid, yeah, he had somebody from legal aid. And, he, you know, I paid attention to what was going on. I followed online with the court papers, and I kept telling him. I said, you know, the people who say they're witnesses and have given testimony, they don't have a leg to stand on. I know she's going to find it. And, yeah, lo and behold, um, she did find it, and all the testimony was thrown out. And um, he had his trial last week. He finds out if he's sentenced today, so I won't, no, tomorrow, second. So I won't know anything to the next podcast, but his problem, while it was major, is something he built up to such massive proportions that it was completely outweighing the solutions that were sitting right in front of him. So, solutions. There's always a solution to everything. And as humans, we have a choice to work towards that solution or be little crybabies and stomp our feet and stay exactly where we are and bitch. We do. 
But let me tell you, if we be crybabies and stomp our feet and bitch, your, our lives will move nowhere. We will not move forward, ever. And God, could you imagine that? Being stuck in the same spot forever? I shudder at the thought. But uh, solutions move us forward. So there you go. little long-winded. I know. <laughs> and I apologize, but... Exactly, Zena. Over the years, the amount of people I have talked to that have blown their problem completely out of the water <laughs> in proportion-wise... Um, has been approximately 90% of the people I've talked to. I'm not kidding. It doesn't matter what, it, what it's been. It could be something spiritually. It could be marriage. It could be relationships. could be money, job. I, good God have mercy. There has been so much. And, you know, I, I would talk to them and I would say, try to give them advice because that's what they're asking me for. To, to dial it down a few notches and look at this and let's work towards solutions. And I'd say out of the 90% of the people who blew things out of proportion, probably about 35% were pretty much content wallowing in their um, expansion of their problem. They were comfortable living within that huge-ass bubble. But thankfully most were not. So, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for joining me here at Ask Alley. If you like this episode, please rate it and tell your friends. The more people who listen, the more people hopefully can help have their aha moments. Join me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me at AllieThieves.com. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye.